0: Hold on a second, put down your phone, welcome to the feckin' check-in show. We might be playing Tekken in the techno chrome with Shredder as manger but never Donatello The boys are back in town again, shenanigans, from two old men, the listener can't stop panicking, Now tell your friends to listen to the sound of us, pissin' in the wind. And if you feel like joining in, then do it for the win. The sun shines, but I find myself in isolation. But fear not, we've got
1: beer at the cooking station. Audio and video flows are coming for you. The train around to, to me show, it's cameras action doom. The feckin' checkin', so check your feckin' pulses. Lentils, soybeans, shit peas, whatever indulgence takes your fancy snakes, ladders, or piss politics. Just sit back and relax, we got your weekly fix. It's the feckin' check-in show. Welcome
0: to the feckin' check-in show. It's the feckin' check-in show. Welcome to the feckin' check-in show. It's the feckin' check-in show. It's the feckin'
1: check-in show. It's got reside, it's got reside, it's got reaction action doom. It's got reside, it's got reside, it's got reaction action doom. It's got reside, it's got reside, it's got reaction action doom. It's got reaction action doom. All right, Fecomaniacs, welcome to episode 15 of the feckin' and Check In. My name's Trainer. With me, as always, is my co host Toomey. And with us today is a very special guest from the Silver Screamers podcast. We have Paul. So, uh, Paul, how are you doing this afternoon?
2: I'm good. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's my first time guesting on a podcast.
1: Brilliant. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. So you're the first entrant onto Noah's Ark, the Noah's Ark model. I don't know if you've listened to the last couple of episodes, but we've been hammering people over the head with this uh, Ark stuff. So uh,
2: I did, yes. I was trying not to overlap with your FEC uh, your acronyms from last week, so I think I've got four new ones. Excellent.
1: I don't know, even if it does overlap, it's grand. So th- the whole purpose of this is to... Uh, is to speak to other people who are podcasters and podcasting, and just to go behind the scenes and and talk about things that are probably of interest to people who don't have their own podcasts, uh, but are interested in the the behind-the-scenes machinations of this type of stuff. Um, So, uh, Toomey, sorry, I never asked. How are you getting on today?
0: I am very good. I can't think of a more appropriate person to be the first entrant onto Noah's Ark. And also, Noah... He took two people, uh, two different animals of different kinds onto his ark. And your podcast actually has two people. Isn't that right, Paul?
2: Yes, it's myself and my partner, Connor. Uh, Brilliant. And our dog is kind of our mascot. So, so that's an animal thing there as well. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, we'll see if there's room later on in the, the, the series, if <laughs> Noah has space for, for the dog.
1: Right. Uh, All right. Put that nonsense <laughs> out of the way. Prob- um, <laughs> Probably enough of that. Right, so let's. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, your podcast first. So normally we do a uh, FECK. That's the acronym: funny observations, entertainment, culture, and kernels of truth. But I think I think it's better in this case um, to talk about the E first, and the E will be Silver Screamers. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about Silver Screamers, but also when you got into podcasting and why and. What what uh, inspired you? And I just looking here. I have a date here in front of me. So the first episode on Spotify of your podcast is listed as September twenty seventeen. Is that right?
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We we started a long time ago and then did nothing, pretty much until I'd say January this year. It just took. I just found the. There was a lot of uh, teething issues at the beginning. So we recorded one episode and then the website was faulty and then the microphones weren't working. And it just took, so yeah, so our first episodes are a long time ago, but we've only really got the ball going, I'd say, this year.
1: Okay, so uh, to to go back to our last episode, a lot of fluting
2: going on there. Yes, an awful lot of fluting and laziness as well. And I think you kind of need a bit of momentum before you really kind of do get going.
0: Mm. I think on your more recent episodes, the the sound quality is very good. There isn't much like reverb or echo
2: in the recording. So, so how, did you go through a process of finding
0: out how to make your sound quality
2: better? Or? Yeah. Well. So okay. So we decided. I have always been into so it's a film podcast, uh, which is you know very original. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you heard of these things films. I don't know if they're ever going to catch on. Nah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Are they similar to movies?
2: Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but. We, Connor and I, we are, we're in a relationship, we've worked together seven years, and films have always been the thing that kind of brought, we had in common. We would, all, we, went, we would always go to the cinema once a fortnight, we would watch films, if not every night, every other night. Right. And I was listening to loads of podcasts, and I just kind of absentmindedly said, oh, wouldn't that be a fun thing to do? And Connor said, Yeah so we kind of said okay let's do it so the first episode was literally just we ordered a mic online and then we recorded it together with the one mic that's why that's probably such bad quality because we're constantly stopping to pass the mic and so forth and then we got a website like do you have you have a website do you we we
1: use podbean to host our episodes so they give you your own individual podbean url but it's not a website in itself uh you can get your own website as part of it maybe a more premium package or something like that but we don't have one no we don't have a specified actual website
2: i had it in my head that that was something that you needed which probably gave us a lot of headaches uh, but it is at the same time it is nice uh, to have for own the website is uh, Silver Screamers. Uh, .com, by the way, just in Excellent. case anyone's wondering.
1: Good, good plug in there. Plug yeah, away yeah, the, yeah. for the entire episode, by the way.
2: Feel free. <laughs> uh, so that was so we came up, we sat down, we came up with a format. So the format for the podcast is we pick a theme. Um, so the theme could be... Uh, so we pick like musicals uh, or we're doing heists at the moment, heist films. And we do four different films, uh, one film per podcast, uh, where we kind of dissect the film. Um, I wouldn't say we, we review it. We kind of more critique it uh, we, and we look at it from a few different angles. And then at the end of it, we put it in a kind of a list. So we have a list of all the films we've done so far in order of kind of preference. So we have our own kind of Silver Screamer, IMBD best films list
1: imdb don't you mean
2: <laughs> oh that's yeah that's one of my that's actually that would come into my uh my f actually the verbal ticks <laughs> okay. yeah no, i've noticed that one all right <laughs> yeah but you've noticed that you've mentioned it yourself on the actual podcast, i have well. yeah it's just one of those things um so that was, so that was it really. And we do, and we try to keep all four films that we do for, for each theme are from a different decade. And I think that just keeps it a little fresh. So that so many film podcasts are on new films, like new releases. So by doing four films of different decades, it, I think it kind of keeps it fresh a little bit. Um, and it's a nice way of kind of, if we pick a theme like, like, uh, musicals, for example, we can see then if you do different decades, you can see how that theme has changed over the years. So that's, that's our, whether it works or not that's our our format
0: yeah um i think it's really good that you kind of have the it time stamped um because i was listening to the sex and the city episode there and w- what year would that have been it would have been maybe 15 years ago or something like that the sex and the city movie or? 2008
1: 2008
0: uh, 12 years ago um and in that movie there's a kind of the, the promotion of um spending money and designer brands and stuff like that and that was kind of very much of its time so you kind of nicely referenced that in the Sex and the City I thought.
2: Yeah it's one of the windows that we we look at films on is kind of how diverse it is and that diversity is such a kind of a modern it's not a modern word but it's something that I think we're all a bit more sensitive to and you look at a film like Sex and and the City which isn't that old and it just you know, it's all a lot of white wealthy people uh, Spend it. And that's just something that you wouldn't have noticed When it was released
0: And then the one person of colour is, is a maid <laughs> For the white person You're yeah. trying to be inclusive yeah. in I yeah. think
1: you, you mentioned as well the two gay characters end up In a relationship with each other as well Which is like completely un, What what you wouldn't expect from having watched the series
2: uh, Yeah, yeah Well, I, One of the things about the series is they kind of laughed at the thought That oh, the two gay characters will end up together That's ridiculous, of course yeah. they won't yeah. But then in the films they were like, "Oh, what do we do with these guys?" Ah, sure. Fuck it <laughs> yeah. throw them together. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I, I have to say, they do quite enjoy your impression of Steve Moanda. Moanda,
2: Moanda. Steve is my favorite character in the show, and uh, yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I, I will admit I've seen every single episode of Sex in the City and both of the films. Uh, so yeah, there, I think Connor was like when on that episode he was like not as well. uh First with Sex in the City, uh, uh, like references and stuff like that. He hasn't watched too much of it, but I, I got the impression you've watched all of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a, yeah, it was a big thing when I was a teenager. Uh, I, I actually think the te- the films have kind of tainted the. The quality of or, or the memory of the the franchise because the, the the TV show is really sharp. It's really I really liked it. I, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. It's, like it's good TV, but the film, very
0: emotional, isn't
1: it? Yeah. I just I thought it had really really well developed characters. Like I used to watch it with my brother at home, like with, with no no hint of irony. Like we'd be sitting there watching <laughs> Sex in the City, and uh, I I just thought it was always really like it was really really good dialogue and excellent character development over like whatever the six seasons. I I always thought it was quite a good show.
2: yeah, yeah it's well acted too. Yeah, it's good. It's good, but the films don't hold that. They don't keep. Particularly the second one. I mean, they're okay. They're watchable, but they're they're kind of okay films. While the show is is good, and uh, yeah, and I think the memory of the franchise kind of went downhill. Yeah, after it, the uh, films release. Films are a bit trashy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was actually in a rom-com season, which is uh, which. If you think of it, it's not really a rom-com, really. Yeah. I,
1: I would I'd find it hard to categorize Sex and the City as a TV show at all. Like, is it a drama? Is it a sitcom? I don't think it fits easily into either of those two categories. A dramedy?
2: Yeah, I guess so. It's kind of like a soap opera, but or not a sitcom, but it's not got the the, 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 the laughter, canned laughter, and the, the fix yeah. set.
1: But it also doesn't have, like, a lot of the storylines are quite serious like, as well. So it doesn't have the constant like banging you over the head with like, like situation comedy basically it's not like every every scene somebody isn't getting into a mishap or something like that
2: no, yeah. There's actually another podcast I listened to that is a sex i a- <laughs> this was making it sound like I'm a he- it's our Sex and the City podcast where we're mad at the Sex and <laughs> City it was one podcast. But uh, no, there is actually another podcast I listened to on Sex and the City and it's it's really, really funny actually. It's called Carry On. Um I-, I may have actually stolen my Steve impersonation from that podcast. Wanda. <laughs> um good stuff, right? So Alright, um, just to touch on some other
1: aspects of your podcast I'd just like to mention. So, I, I love the def- the decade-jumping thing. So, um, I've been following along with the heist season. So, it made me go and watch Widows, which I'd never even heard of before. Um, then, when you were doing your horror film series, I had actually seen the first three. I'd seen Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream, but I'd never even heard of Your Next. And I'm probably guilty of ignoring more modern films when I go to watch a film. So, anything like post-2010 unless i'm seeing it in the cinema i don't really i I kind of avoid them so i I prefer to watch older or classic films or it's just older films like but it made me go and watch the likes of your next and the likes of widows um and just i think like the the different decade thing is is excellent it keeps the variety um definitely because you don't want to watch four horror films from the 80s obviously because you know they're just going to be so similar
2: yeah there's not much comparative there did you did you like widows by the way i thought it was brilliant yeah i really enjoyed it um that was kind of controversial because we were very praised we gave a lot of praise to it and a lot of people were like oh great well listen watch this and a lot of people didn't like it really i I see a lot of people i think three people said they didn't like it
1: (laughs) well i mean it's all relative (laughs) a a lot of our (laughs) listenership yeah no i thought widows was a really good film um i, I quite enjoy Liam Neeson uh i know he's only in it a, a bit like he's not in it too much but all of the female characters are actually really good as well you're one from lost i can't remember her name uh as you mentioned on the episode she didn't have too much of a part or didn't much of an arc uh to use that term but uh Viola Davis was excellent in it i thought and the other actresses names escaped me but i, th- I thought it was really really good film really fast moving and held my interest right until the very end
2: yeah, I, it was it's actually based on an old TV show from the 70s that I tried to watch, uh but I couldn't get a copy online. Um it was an old BBC kind of one of those kind of serious thrillers that goes over two seasons, and I tried to get, and it's gotten great reviews online, but I couldn't find a copy. But it's a good, uh, it's a good premise. Do you know
1: those old BBC things from like the seventies or eighties? They're like the most difficult to find television in the world, like because they're not on any streaming platforms, and nobody had the foresight to upload them to any other places you might uh, download television episodes from. So yeah, it's very difficult if you're trying to hunt out something like that. Sometimes
2: I would love actually if Netflix or some of these streaming services got a couple of these old dramas that haven't been watched in decades and stuck i mean i'm sure they're cheap yeah (laughs) i would would, would watch them
1: you got them for nothing i'd say
2: yeah there
0: (laughs) we'll start a campaign absolutely absolutely (laughs) so that's that's a really good overview of your podcast and the, the different topics you cover in it We might move on from the entertainment segment on to the next segment in the FEC acronym. And we didn't start with this one, but this is F for funny observations. And Paul, will you lead us out for your funny observation related to your podcast?
2: OK, so this one was the most pressure because the fact that there's funniness, that's like, so I've kind of gotten more funny, funny, weird rather than funny. <laughs> ha-ha. And it's kind yeah, yeah, of yeah. a <laughs> sequel to your, you kind of said the fluting last week yeah (laughs) so you obviously you guys edit this podcast you do you both do that or does one of you do that
0: i i do that i i uh, shovel the shit
2: (laughs) right okay uh when you edit so you might be more conscious of this than uh than than trainer but when you edit because i edit our podcast when you edit a podcast you become hyper aware of all of your verbal crutches, and all yes. of the, uh, uh, the ca- your cadences and certain things that you say that are wrong, such as I always say I. Okay, what is it? I you am, say I
1: am B D. It's I am
2: BD, No, I am. It is I. Whatever, whatever I think it is, it's always the opposite. I always get that wrong. Uh, And I never knew I got that wrong until we started recording it and people started pointing that out. I am amazed with how much that I say eh um uh like sometimes i have a sentence with like 10 words and there's four or five as in it and i've
0: wondered is this an irish thing because if you ever listen to an american podcast it's just clear there's no like stutters at all it's like yeah the man walked down the road and he went to the shop and it's like to deliver like really like clearly and confidently but I can't say a sentence without stuttering in some way.
2: No, I, I, it's gotten to a stage. I even when I'm editing in Audacity, I know what the frequency of air looks like, and I'll, I'll delete <laughs> <laughs> like the sound wave. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I reckon I recognize it. Um, there you go. I just said it again. No,
0: sorry to cut across you. I was going to say another thing that I've noticed that I say a lot is kind of, and I've noticed myself saying, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of and then I try and like stop that for the next week then I listen to it the next week in editing and it's just kind of all over the place (laughs) so you can't stop
2: no and if you are if you're too hyper aware of it when you're speaking then you're not going to be Speaking from the heart, I guess, or you're yeah, going yeah. to be kind of you're yeah. not going to sound very freely, so I suppose you just have to kind of put up with it or edit it. I
1: am, um, I, I, I to me you said something about it being an Irish thing there. I wondered that myself as well because do you know the way Irish people like they say sorry as well a lot? They like sorry instead of excuse me, or and if you're passing by and you wanted to get somebody to get out of your way on a train, you'd say sorry, but if you're over in the UK, they would say excuse me or something, or something that actually means something rather than saying sorry, so it's a very apologetic thing so i wonder like is it a apologetic form of speech where people are almost apologetic for having to say a sentence they don't want to sound too arrogant about it
2: (laughs) yeah i reckon so yeah i think even the word air or i don't even call air a word air is essentially saying to the person i haven't finished speaking but i don't want you to interrupt me so I'm just going to say this sound to fill the space until I (laughs) gather my thoughts together
0: yeah it's very it's almost like the French way they use it like uh, uh, yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but I think the thing is yeah if you if you overthink it you become a bit um, self-conscious and uh, I don't know if you mind me saying this trainer but some people have said to you you have a radio voice (laughs) so so I wonder, does, does that... Yeah, what do you think about that? Or? I
1: uh, So actually, I'll, I'll explain to Paul. So I'm doing a screenwriting course at the moment, and one of the guys is an actor. He was, he was actually in Fair City. And uh, we write scenes every week for our homework, and then we have to cast them the following week. So we pick people in the class. It's all over Zoom, by the way. We have to... We have to pick people in the class to read out the lines. And he was picking me to read out one of his scenes. He goes, oh, for this character, I'll pick Fargo with your fucking 2FM voice.
0: (laughs) uh, That's a compliment.
1: I've I've heard that over the years, definitely, that you have a voice for radio. I remember I was doing a job in telesales uh, in e-mobile, which was Aircom's mobile phone brand for a while and we did a three week training course and i was supposed to be working like the the shit shift which was like 1 p.m to 9 p.m you might remember it as like a similar as as a two to nine from the katie center so i was supposed to be doing the one to nine and it wasn't like people wanted to be doing nine to five and they were so impressed with my voice in the training that they were like put this guy on nine to five and it turned out i was
2: shit at (laughs) tennis but but they thought i had a great voice i'd buy from that voice (laughs) yeah you do it's a compliment that's a good thing
1: two fm voice
0: yeah, and Paul, have you ever found when you're going back over the editing that uh, you end up repeating yourself a lot or your co-host ends up repeating themselves a lot? Because I noticed that a lot. Like one of us will say something and then the other one will summarize what they've said and then we go back into it and repeat it a few times. Have you noticed that at all? Or?
2: Sometimes. it was Because ours is, the, is has got the film format, we, we have a, a section where we do a, a very quick synopsis of the film and then later on we could be going through and I sometimes have to catch myself kind of just literally uh, repeating the plot of the film because the, you know, we've already said this and stuff but sometimes it's fine because it's just to get your your own thoughts back on, on track and then you can edit that out afterwards
0: Yeah, yeah, that's probably the best the best approach for that um, So a really good F there, funny observations fluty conversational things and the way we speak and stuff
2: like that <laughs>
1: good stuff so um i might move on then to the c of the week which is culture so do you have a point about podcast culture that you'd like to discuss paul
2: yeah now i this is kind of more film podcast culture is that all right (laughs) you you have your you have your (laughs) entertainment section so you cover entertainment so i think you'll probably see some uh, areas here that you can uh, understand or agree on um i this is something i've always had a bit of an issue with is that um because I did journalism when I left school and I never really worked in journalism but I did have a little internship in a magazine and we were generally sent to the cinema or sent given a book or something and told to write a review of it and um, there was this culture of a review unless if, if if something wasn't amazing like if something wasn't absolutely perfect the you were kind of the incentive was to absolutely rip it to shreds and kind of enjoy shredding it and I I have found that a lot of other film, not a lot of other, but there certainly are other film podcasts and film YouTubers and they kind of, I think it stems from, do you know CinemaSins, the YouTube channel CinemaSins? not aware of it no but no it, it's a fairly big youtube channel where they pick a film and they just kind of they pick it apart and kind of like destroy it and i i've we with connor and i we've always tried to say well we love film and we kind of obviously there's films that can be dissected and they can be there's areas for improving but there can be a culture with film critiquing of just let oh let's just um i don't want to say the word bully but like let's just just you know absolutely trash every actor's performance in it like uh, let's trash the film it's kind of coming from a snobbery a slightly snobbish kind of angle okay
1: R- right and this is
2: commonplace across
1: film podcasts basically you're saying yeah uh,
2: it's not i mean i mean i don't listen to podcasts that are like that so the ones that i listen to regularly aren't like that but you know when you're kind of you see a podcast or you come across one and you listen to it that would be a red flag for me that i mean that, and that doesn't mean you can't critique something because you can absolutely critique something without kind of trashing it uh I suppose it's a bit... There could be a bit of film snobbery there. Do you know, like... um, Do you know, like, the the Marvel films and the kind of the big blockbuster films? Yeah. Um, I I enjoy them. I think they're fun. Uh, And I can also enjoy, like, a a heavy drama. The same way sometimes you want a nice meal in a nice fancy restaurant and sometimes you want a Domino's pizza Um, yeah yeah both are (laughs) both are valid so that would be kind of uh, I I, I, I don't like that angle of critiquing where you're kind of relishing not almost you can picture the reviewer there in the cinema kind of almost like, oh, 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 this is going to be a great. I can't wait to tear this film apart. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so they're, they're getting off on the on the criticism. They're, they're getting the buzz out of it. And I wonder, is that like, um, it's their vested interest? Because I guess for, for them, and I don't know if they're intentionally or subconsciously doing it, but the more they critique, maybe the more attention they'll get or the more controversy that will they'll generate and the more kind of hits they'll get on there with
2: I think yes. that, I think that probably is fair yeah I think that's a good point there's
1: there's a podcast I listen to called Agitators Anonymous it's a singer of an Irish metal band uh Alan Averill is his name but um he he was saying that controversy sells and it gets clicks i mean that's not you don't need to be a fucking genius to to say that but he was saying who's going to click on a headline on a website where the headline is moderate man says reasonable thing
3: (laughs) (laughs) he says this all the time
1: Uh, and he was saying he was planning on calling his podcast that but he he just didn't think it was actually going to be a good enough name for people to engage with it but um nobody's going to want to click on that so if you're trashing something if you're tearing something apart it, that that can become quite animated. You can be you can get quite like nasty and witty or whatever if you want. Like, but it's it's probably harder to praise or to find uh, good points about something rather than it is to tear something to shreds.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Go on. No, you go, pal. I, I I think. um if you can get a window into critiquing something, I think that can open off. So Reese, the last couple of films that we've done, I've tried to look, I'd say this earlier on about the sex in the city. I've tried to look at it from a diversity point of view, and that's not destroying the film. But have you guys hmm. heard of the Bechdel test? Nope.
0: Uh,
2: no the Bechtel test is a um, i don 't know when it was devised it was about twenty years old. It was a test on a female representation in films, and to pass the Bechtel test, you have to have two female characters in a film that speak oh, that yeah. speak to each other who, who have names and uh, you think that 's fairly reasonable that's not a high bar
0: yeah
2: Uh, but you would be amazed with the amount of films that that fail that so i think that's a better lens to kind of look at films you're not necessarily trashing the film you're just kind of examining where it fails in certain areas and how it could improve and stuff and i i I find that kind of interesting because it it makes you look at a film from a different angle so
1: so the the two female characters have to speak to one another and they both have to have names they can't just be like extras or or, or bit parts yes yes they have right, to be okay geez yeah, that's yeah. interesting i must look out for that now <laughs> I'm trying to think that's like really quentin tarantino films probably fail that i i would imagine in in a lot of cases <laughs> i'm just thinking of reservoir dogs and pulp fiction like you don't get too many female characters speaking to one another in, in those i, th-
2: I th- no i think i think does pulp fiction have your woman with all the pearsons does she speak to
1: oh yeah brona gallagher the yeah. one with all
2: the shit on her face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, by but the Does of it, she speak Steve.
1: to. Does she speak? Oh, she does. She speaks to your one, Trudy. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, it just about passes to me. Just. Her. A j- <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: He
0: lets him a turban speak, but then yeah. no, no other
2: one. Actually, I'm, I'm, there's actually one other. Sorry, they have to speak to, Sorry, there's one other aspect. They have to speak to each other about something that isn't a man. Sorry. Ah. okay. Yeah, okay, ah, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, okay.
0: I, I have a question about the Bechtel test has that do you know if it's, it can be expanded to other uh, minority groups or groups that have been like sort of uh, not highlighted on, on movies or is it just, just for the gender issue
2: um, there might be I heard another one that was um, if there's an indigenous female character in the film and uh, uh, it, it passes if she doesn't get raped or killed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, that's kind of sad to think that a lot of films with indigenous characters don't pass that. Isn't that awful? <laughs> yeah. Oh my
0: God.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah but it's mad i'm just thinking of the stuff that i've been writing for my class and i don't think i have two female characters talking to each other so maybe i should fucking (laughs) take a look at that take a cold hard look in the mirror
2: (laughs) well i mean i mean to be fair there's so i mean i think only about half the films we've covered on the on our podcast, have I mean, Oceans Eleven fails. Right.
0: That's very interesting. And Maybe that's what um, motivated the what was it Oceans Thirteen? Isn't there an Oceans One with just all female? Ocean's eight. Uh, Ocean's,
2: yes. eight? O- Oceans eight. Yes, Oceans Eight is 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 an all female. Which is which is? Have you seen Oceans Eight? Either of you? No, no
1: I've only <laughs> I've only seen Oceans Eleven, and I did rewatch it there recently uh, just to listen to your podcast afterwards. But no, I haven't seen any of the other ones.
2: Yeah, it's probably it's it's okay, but you know, maybe they could just do an Oceans film with male and female characters
1: yeah (laughs) you were you were were saying that actually on the oceans 11 episode so like you don't need to go it doesn't need to be all or nothing like you could just have like two or three female characters represented in the overall crew of 8 12 13 whatever the hell it is um yeah so it's like they went like okay you want females we'll give you females and they gave us a fucking entire film but
0: they only could find 8 the previous films was 12 and 13 we can only find 8 there are only 8 working female
2: actresses in Hollywood well maybe you could look in at that oh they only needed 8 thieves to steal the stuff they didn't need 13
0: oh multitasking
2: Uh, also uh, in Ocean's 8 like in the other films they're all after like you know bank vaults full of cash in oceans eight they're after a diamond necklace
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, stereotypes and just,
1: just to finish up this point i did like when you said you you can enjoy a marvel film which is like a, a popcorn flick if you want and also a uh, heavy drama and people have often kind of said things to me like how can you like this music and that music like how can you like heavy metal and also like uh i don't know tom white or something but uh i i I used to say in response and i I worked on this for a while i like (laughs) guinness and cheese and chocolate but i don't want them all as part of the same mouthful they appeal to different aspects of my palate, Uh, and i I think some people can get so up their own arse with films that they can't admit to the fact that they like just a kind of cheesy action film or something like that
2: yeah absolutely yeah i totally agree sometimes i want a really scary scary horror film and sometimes that's the last thing i want
0: So that brings us on to the final segment of the FECA check-in. We're on to K, we're on to kernels of truths. So, Mr. Paul, will you lead us home with your kernel of truth related to your podcast?
2: Okay, so uh, this, uh, this one kind of stems from uh, your, your episode last week. You guys were saying that you love podcasting and you were like, oh, I'm conscious that we're saying all four negative things. I, you know, podcasting is great fun. So I was like, okay, I want to pick something positive for this one. So this is coming from more of a podcast f- listener than a podcast maker. Um, and since I've started listening to podcasts, there's a lovely, lovely kind of personal quality to the relationship between you and then the podcasters. So f- in regards to the feck and check-in, I haven't, Trainer, I haven't seen you in probably 10, 10 years? Is Say 10 f- years, yeah. Yeah, probably 10 years. Um, but since I've now put the feck and check-in on my weekly kind of podcast uh, list now it's like oh once a week I have a, a friendly conversation with my, my two pals trainer and two me, and it's like yeah, <laughs> <Thank> uh, <you. laughs> you know, when I go for and it's and that and I generally listen to podcasts that are very conversational like, like yours and I think that's the way ours is too and there would be yeah. probably about five or six podcasts I listen to uh, a week uh, regularly that every time I listen to them I'm like oh I'm back catching up with these friends and it's almost like having a conversation where you're just kind of passive in that particular conversation and uh i think that's nice that's what something that's that podcasting does that i don't think radio does and i don't think any other media does really i I don't think that's
1: an excellent point Uh, it it puts you in the room at the center of a conversation you're not participating in it but yeah you get all the benefits of a friendly conversation and you get to be kind of a spectator or a listener to that but that's so i have i haven't heard it worded like that before or articulated like that i think that's
0: it's a great way to put it because in a way you get to know the podcaster don't you you feel like they're your friend as you said and you, you get to know their little quirks and what what they their views are and different things and yeah it is like it is very interactive like that so
2: yeah you kind of feel that you you know them uh in a, in a way and and you listen you and timmy you listen to podcasts when you fall asleep don't you
0: I do. Yeah, me and Liz, every night we listen to a podcast. Uh, the best one for helping us fall asleep is Dr. Phil.
2: <laughs> and we've,
0: we've gotten to know him very well, but like we, we, we kind of listen to him with, with tongue in cheek as he's destroying like vulnerable people with unsolicited psychological advice. Um, basically about them not going to church enough. <laughs>
3: um,
1: <laughs> my wife Erin and her serum. Yeah, uh, and that helps yeah, you
0: sleep I, at I night i do listen to it every night do you listen to a podcast at night or uh,
2: it depends if i go to bed f- um if i go to bed first i will put a podcast on as i sleep if we're going to bed at the same time no i won't
1: one thing i find is that a podcast i listen to i really want to hear every word so it's something i don't normally do listen to them to fall asleep because i almost feel like it's disrespectful to the person who is is podcasting or who's speaking on the podcast
0: it, yeah. And they end up looking for a different criteria. Like, so me and Liz, a good podcast that we listen to is one that helps us go to sleep. And that's usually one that's not too energetic. There isn't like much background music. There isn't more than two people usually. Um, uh, but the point, the, the danger is we, um, we fall asleep after 20 minutes um, and we, we lose the track of the story. But our sleep has never been better it's it's, it's it's weird we're tricking ourselves into thinking we really care about the podcast and that helps us go to sleep
1: that's that's quite a balance to strike there something you can enjoy enough to listen to but dislike enough to not give a shit about fall <laughs> too. yeah
0: exactly and then the other the other time medicine to podcasts and kind of get to know people is my main listening is slot is, is on, on the commute to work like when i'm driving so that's when i really like to check in with somebody that i'm listening to and i, I feel like they kind of chat to me in my morning commute
2: yeah and it, it makes the it makes the commute good i could drive a lot for work well i used to uh up until the lockdown but it makes a long an hour-long journey go by in a flash if it's a decent podcast
1: yeah it's something i really miss actually is the work commute just because of that very reason so i would have like a about 20-25 minutes of walking and then a 10-15 minute train journey and that's obviously both ways uh, so you're getting a good like f- i don't know f- 90 minutes maybe of time with a podcast which doesn't actually fit into my day now so i have to go and make an effort to force myself to listen to a podcast um, so i do really miss that daily community To finish off the episode, we're going to have the song of the week. So, Paul, you have chosen the song of the week. I've taken a couple of notes on this because I found it quite an interesting choice. But why don't you let the listener know what your song of the week is, please?
2: Well, there's, there's a few reasons why I picked this. Uh, first of all, I wanted to pick a live uh, song, a live recording, because uh, I haven't been to a gig in so long and I really miss them. So, I've been listening to a lot of live albums recently. Um, and the set, and then the song is is right on, which I think most people would know. Uh, it's the Jimmy McCarthy song, but I think probably Christy Moore is the most famous version. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was much more familiar with that one anyway.
2: Uh, but I actually picked the Mary Coughlin version, um, and I, I like this version because it starts off. Uh, like in the ballad way that we'd kind of be familiar with and then halfway through the band kicks in and there's a lot of energy there and I just think it's a great a great track Uh, but the reason I another reason I picked this is that Mary Coughlin's been pretty vocal the last couple of weeks about how um how musicians across Ireland are really struggling um, with their livelihood because, you know, th- we mightn't be going to gigs at a regular basis until 2022, potentially. And... Don't, yeah, don't, don't
1: say it, Paul. Don't say it. <laughs> at,
2: le- at least uh, to, to the way they were kind of, you know, more, you know, last year. And... Um, you know Mary Coughlin herself she's a very established singer she's she won a, a lifetime achievement award there yet she is struggling financially. So you kind of think if Mary Coughlin is struggling financially, what does that mean for your session guitarist session uh, pianists you know all these session musicians all across and I just think that's so sad that uh you know is there a gen- are we going to lose a kind of a generation of of musicians so that I just kind of wanted to put a little spotlight on that.
1: Yeah, I think it is quite sad, um, and I, I see it on Facebook, I follow a lot of bands on Facebook actually, it's one of the primary reasons I use it at all anymore, and a lot of them are smaller kind of bands, and they're like, you know, promoting their band camp pages, or where they sell their merchandise or whatever and I've bought a lot of shit recently like t-shirts and stuff just because I want to give them some money because if they were allowed to do gigs I'd be giving them a lot of money like I'd be paying for a concert ticket and probably buying merchandise and stuff as well but um, yeah I think it's almost going to weed out the artists that can't afford to not um do any any gigs basically like so and and that's really really sad and we i think we talked about this on a previous episode to me like uh, live music is obviously dead and if that's your primary source of income and maybe selling a few t-shirts or whatever you're you're screwed for like maybe the next year maybe longer
0: yeah i think that's happened in music in general like the people who are making it are the people with resources behind them like to set up a studio and have their instruments and know how to sound engineer and stuff and like they're That's sort of led to the decline of the singer songwriter types that would have been around uh, years ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Rolling Stones aren't going to uh, be worrying about what they're going to have for dinner, but maybe Mary Coughlin will. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be be looking at the reduced uh, fresh items maybe in Tesco at (laughs) 5pm. Okay, so this song was obviously well known as as Chrissy Moore's version. Um, I was not really aware that Mary Coughlin did a version but a uh, version but um, I did quite quite enjoy the electric guitar solo and there's a bit of saxophone in there even as well I was going to ask you uh, uh, as a fan of this song you know when he as in Christy or she as in Mary says standing 16 1 or 2 what does that mean What what does that what is that referencing is that a horse term or something
2: I haven't got a clue but I know I, I think I have this memory that she that this song might be something to do with the rising or something or like, there's something like, like, there's some references to making bombs and stuff in it. But I don't know. Sorry.
1: Because yeah, she's like, standing 16, one or two. And I'm like, what, what is that? Actually, I, I didn't look it up specifically just because I thought you might know. But uh, yeah, it was just it stood out to me when I was listening to her version. Um, uh,
0: um Sorry, what? when I'm, uh, I've just Googled the lyrics here and it says stand it's written like this standing 16, one or two with eyes wild and green. And the one and the two are spelt like inches. So it actually reads like standing 16, one inch. So or 16 two inch. foot, one inch?
1: <laughs> the, what, what kind of beast <laughs> would be standing 16 foot, one inch?
0: Standing 16, one, or t- one inch or two with eyes wild and green. You're right. It's yeah. a horse. It's the, it's the height but of could, the horse. It, it
1: it. A horse couldn't be 16 feet. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's <the> fucking... <laughs>
0: 16 Unless it was written by
1: H.G. Uh, Wells. Um, okay fair enough but then well we don't know what that means but it could be to do with height also uh mary coughlin is a singer that is a female irish singer and i often mix her up in my head or categorize her with mary black and francis black and, and let's face it, there's only three of them but uh, i wonder if they have ever spoken to each other and they'd pass the Bechtel test um but yeah it's like she's one of these old female irish singers but she's been around forever are you a fan of her other work as well or is it just yeah. this particular song
2: No, I'm. I am a fan of Mary Coughlin, Yeah, she. She. uh, I've been a fan of her. She does more blues music, which is what I quite like. But uh, she wouldn't have many fans that are kind of men that are my age. So she'd kind of recognize me from. She'd kind of know who I am because I've been to Uh, a few of her gigs. So she might stuff. Yeah, she might share this stuff. Have you spoken to Mary? (laughs) <laughs> yeah i tried to hook her up with a dog there i work in a dog charity and i tried to hook her up uh, i tried to hook her up with a dog there Very last good. year i oh. have to say it
1: i did quite enjoy her voice on this uh, again i wouldn't be too familiar with her but she has a nice deep kind of husky kind of voice is that, is that something that's come with age or has that always been her vocal style
2: she's always had a way well, I liked her she always sang kind of blues music with a real Irish lilt um, but she yeah she's always had it I think it's gotten deeper as she's gotten older but it's, it's her voice hasn't changed a whole lot uh, like she was I think she was in her 30s when she first started recording so she what we don't so she was you know she was mature enough even on her first album uh, but yeah she's some great albums yeah, yeah you should listen to them and that, that album that this is from live and kicking it's a great live album the whole album is good I'd recommend it.
1: I might give her a go actually because I thought her vocal delivery was really good. Like I I probably prefer the Christy Moore one just because of familiarity bias, but uh, I think Christy Moore actually sounds like he's singing a nursery rhyme sometimes when he's singing. Like he he, he, he almost <laughs> sounds like he's serenading an infant to sleep. <laughs> like, in 16 one or 2 and it's like she delivers it with more of a realistic vocal style I think and and his is kind of his has never really done much for me maybe just I know that song and I like it because I'm so familiar with it but comparing the two I think she delivers the vocals a lot better and I know neither of them wrote the song either but I think she delivers it a lot better
2: yeah she had her album her recording in a studio is quite different again it's got lots of Illum pipes and stuff but I I prefer the live version
0: and are are you saying that you may pass this recording on to Mary Coughlin Paul?
2: I'll send her. I'll send her a text, and she'll. I'll see what she'll. If she wants to share it, she can share it. So can I
0: just say hello <laughs> to okay. Mary
2: Cochran?
0: Hello,
1: Mary. Hi, <laughs> Mary. I enjoyed your version of. Uh, right, off. cut that bit. If that's bollocks, <laughs> I'm getting stage right here. <laughs> have to
2: leave
1: that in. <laughs> uh, to me, also cut out anything that it might have been offensive that I said about Mary Cochrane.
0: Didn't know she was listening. No, hi, Mary.
1: The Bechtel test on the thing about the Mary Black stuff. It was just a joke, Mary. I was only messing. Um, <laughs> Grant, okay. Right, that seems to be it for the feckin' check-in for this week. So we were going to finish up with playing the live Mary Coughlin version of uh, Ride On, which was on a live album, which was out in 2018, I think. Um, so thanks very much, Paul. We really appreciate you coming on to the feckin' check-in. You're the first entrant onto Noah's Ark. I hope you feel adequately privileged uh, by that. Um,
0: But yeah, so thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it.
2: No, thank you for having me. I I enjoyed it.
0: We we really enjoyed it. Just before you go on and uh, close out the show, um, I just want to say feck off. Uh, That's what I usually say at the end of each show. And uh, do you have any kind of uh, websites or plugs that you want to, to... say before we go Paul?
2: Oh yeah I'll, I'll give the website again so our website is uh, uh, silver, I think it's silver/screamers, sorry, silver-screamers.com uh, and then you can if you just type in silver screamers into Twitter or Instagram you'll see our uh, our pages for them so yeah Okay
1: everybody make sure to check out Silver Screamers the podcast available on all major podcasting platforms that's going to do it for the feckin' check in for this week Toomey's already told you to feck off here's Mary Cockland singing right on
3: you say you ride the finest horse I have ever seen. Standing sixteen, one or two, with eyes so wild and green. And you ride the horse so well, with hands light to the touch. But I could never go with you, no matter how I. Right. Ice without a trace behind, run your claw along my gust oh, One last time, oh, turn to face the empty space oh, where you used to lie and look for the spark to light the dark through the teardrops in my.